ஸ்ரவணம் மனநம் நிதித்தியாசனம் லிசன் ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் அண்ட் அப்சார்ப் டியர் லிஸ்னர்ஸ் சாய்ராம் அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு அவர் ரேடியோ சீரீஸ் இன் விச் அ டிவைன் டிஸ்கோர்ஸ் பை பகவான் இஸ் பிளேட் இன் ஸ்மால் பார்ட்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃபாலோவிங் ஈச் பார்ட் அ ஷார்ட் டிஸ்கஷன் இஸ் அண்டர் டேக்கன் டு ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் ஆன் த மெசேஜ் திஸ் இஸ் அ பார்ட் ஆஃப் ரேடியோ சாய்ஸ் தேர்ஸ்டே லைஃப் broadcast every thursday at 7:30 pm only on asia stream of radio sai global harmony today's episode was first broadcast live on 25th september 2014 the discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in indian culture and spirituality in the year 1990 offering a humble pranams to bhagwan's lotus feet dear listeners we welcome you to this week's episode of shravanam mananam nadhyasanam some of you might be wondering what we are doing here we have completed the 16 discourses of the 1990 summer course series honestly speaking we should have wrapped up with that but dear listeners we are going to continue this series for just one more discourse and as we go through this one discourse you will realize why it is absolutely not out of place to study this discourse as part of the 1990 summer course series at the very outset we thank mrs funny banda she has been a part of this program a couple of times and she's been a constant source of encouragement and advice for us for this program it was uh, she who suggested that we go through the guru purnima discourse of the 1990 year because that was the first discourse swami gave at the end of the 1990 summer course and in ways more than one this discourse is more like a summary of the 1990 summer course what was swami said there so it is quite apt to conclude this shravanam mananam nidhyasanam with this discourse we thought and with prayers to swami we endeavor to study this discourse too as part of this series today to join me in the discussion i have the pleasure of having the company of my brother hari shankar from the shri satyasai central trust so before we begin this program i invite him to join me sairam hari sairam prem uh, good to be back after a long time definitely good to have you back <laughs> and uh, i'm sure you would have gone through this discourse uh, yes uh, just as you were saying that uh, it's a summary of what swami had spoken during the summer course right. but also it, it could be a summary of almost all the knowledge that is uh, contained in the vedanta as we go through the discourse we see at various places like what has been spoken of in the upanishads and swami expounding on that it's literally a gist of the upanishads themselves and uh, quite aptly titled of course this is for the guru purnima or the occasion of the guru purnima that yes. uh, this goes according to the satyasai speaks is titled the guru within but uh, as you said you know even the 1990 summer course series for that uh, reason i think uh, you were here as part of a couple of discourses one of the most difficult ones yeah. the one on the three gunas the concept of the panchikritam and the one eighths and the one fourths forming the different gunas i mean different combinations right you know that i think uh, you were the one who had shared the fact that it comes from sankhya yoga sankhya philosophy the sankhya yes. philosophy and like that many other parts of that 1990 samuko series came from very important uh segments in hindu vedanta yes so that 1990 samuko series itself was quite an expansive one and it is indeed a very apt summary as we would go through this discourse it is indeed a very profound discourse 
सो हरी वट यू सजेस्ट शुड बी गो टू द फर्स्ट क्लिप लिसन टू द फर्स्ट क्लिप एंड शेल बी स्टार्ट from there yes i think let swami take the stage <laughs> right so dear listeners we'll play the first clip of that discourse at the end of it we'll assimilate what swami is telling in that discourse clip samsara sapna tulyo hi samsara sapna tulyo hi ರಾಗದ್ವೇಷಾದಿ ಸಂಕುಲ ಸಂಭವ ಸಂಭವ ಸತ್ಯವಸ್ಭಾತಿ ಸಂಭವ ಸತ್ಯವದ್ಭಾತಿ ಪ್ರಬೋದೇ ಸತ್ಯಸತ್ವ ಪ್ರಬೋದೆ ಸಂಸಾರ ಸ್ವಪ್ನತುಲ್ಯೋಹಿ ರಾಗದ್ವೇಷಾದಿ ಸಂಕುಲ ಪ್ರಭಾತಿ ಸತ್ಯಸದ್ಭಾತಿ ಪ್ರಮೋದೆ ಸತ್ಯ ಪ್ರೇಮಸ್ವರೂಪುಲಾರ ಎಂಬಾಡಿಮೆಂಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಲಾ ಕಲಲು ಕಂಟುನ್ನಂತವರೆಗೂ ಅನ್ನಿಯೂ ಸತ್ಯವನೇ ಅನಿಪಿಸ್ತಾಯಿ ವಿನಿಪಿಸ್ತಾಯಿ ಕನಿಪಿಸ್ತಾಯಿ ಎವ್ರಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಬಿ ಸೀನ್ ಹರ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಲಿಸನ್ ಟು ಅಟುಲನಿ ರಾಗದ್ವೇಷಾಲತೋ ಕೂಡಿನ ಸಂಸಾರವು ಜ್ಞಾನೋದಯಮುಲಕ ಪೂರವು ಸತ್ಯಮುಗಾನೇ ಗೋಚರಿಸುತ್ತೆ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ವೇ before realization likes and dislikes look alike paramartha dashalo praveshinchinappudu prapancham antai kudanu swapne tulyam avutundi once you get the vision of god the entire world becomes a dream ಪಂಚೇಂದ್ರಿಯ ಮಹಾಭೂತ ಪಂಚೇಂದ್ರಿಯ ಮಹಾಭೂತ ಸಂಭವ ಕರ್ಮ ಸಂಚಿತ ಪಂಚೇಂದ್ರಿಯ ಮಹಾಭೂತ 
సంభవం కర్మ సంచితం శరీరం శరీరం సుఖదుఖాయ పృథ్వీ జలము అగ్ని వాయువు ఆకాశవాది పంచమహాభూతములు యొక్క సమ్మేళనమే ఈ యొక్క శరీరం this physical body is a combination of the five great elements earth water fire air and ether ivi kramamaina paalato koodi untundi this have got some regulated standards dinini bhautika shariram ani cheppabadutundi this is called the physical body samasta prapanchamunaku sambandha bandhavyamunu kalpinchunadi ee sharirame it is this physical body which establishes all types of relations with the world dinini panchikaranamu ani kodanu pilovochu another name for this is panchikarana indulo aatma జాగ్రత్త అవస్థలో కూడి ఉంటుంది ఇన్ దిస్ ఆత్మ వుడ్ బి ఇన్ ద వేకింగ్ స్టేట్ సర్వేంద్రియములు కూడా పరిపూర్ణముగా పనిచేస్తుంటాయి ఆల్ ది ఫైవ్ సెన్సెస్ విల్ బి ఫంక్షనింగ్ ఫుల్లీ ఈ శరీరమే సుఖదుఖములకు నిలయము దిస్ బాడీ ఇట్ ఈజ్ ద హోమ్ ఫార్ joy and sorrow idi moodu bhagamuluga vibhajinchapadinadi this has been divided into three divisions sthula sukshma karanamulu ani and that is gross subtle and causal ee shariramu kevalamu annamaya pranamu this physical body is the result of food idi paripurna jadam this is inert totally idi kevalamu oka panimuttu antedi this is only an instrument manaku kanipinchunadi ee sthula shariram what we see is this physical body deenine satyamani nityamani vishwasinchi considering this as truth and eternal sarvaswamainatunti yokka atma tattvanni vismaristunnadu manavu man is giving up the principle of atma which is really eternal and permanent pancha pranam manobuddhi dasendriya samanvitam పంచప్రాణమనోబుద్ధి దశేంద్రియ సమన్వితం 
ಅಪಂಚೀಕೃತಭೂತೋತ್ತಂ ಅಪಂಚೀಕೃತಭೂತೋತ್ಮ ಭೋಗಾಯ ಪಂಚಪ್ರಾಣಮದು ಮನೋಬುದ್ಧಿ ದಸೇಂದ್ರಿಯಮಲ ಯೊಕ್ಕ ಚೇರಿಕೆ ಸೂಕ್ಷ್ಮ ಶರೀರ ದ ಸಟಲ್ ಬಾಡಿ ಕನ್ಸಿಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಫೈವ್ ಲೈವ್ ಬ್ರೆತ್ಸ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಇಂಟೆಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಟೆನ್ ಸೆನ್ಸಸ್ ದೀನಿನೇ ಸ್ವಪ್ನ ಸ್ಥಿತಿ ಅನ್ನು ಕೂಡ ಚೆಪ್ಪವಚ್ಚು ದಿಸ್ ಮೇ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಬಿ ಕಾಲ್ಡ್ ಡ್ರೀಮ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ಇಂದುಲೋ ವ್ಯಕ್ತಿ ಅಂತರ್ಭೂತಮಯಿ ಉಂಟುಂಡಿ ದ ಪರ್ಸನಾಲಿಟಿ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಸೋ ವೆರಿ ವಿಸಿಬಲ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕೇಸ್ ಈ ಸೂಕ್ಷ್ಮ ಶರೀರಮನಂದು ಮಾನವತ್ವವು ಕೇವಲವು ಒಕ ನೂತನ ಪ್ರಪಂಚಮುಗಾ ಕಲ್ಪಿಸಿಕೊಂಡುಂಡಿ in this particular state of subtle body mind creates its own new world idi tanaku taane pramanamuga nilustundi it is a standard of proof by itself idi evvaritu kudunu sambandha bandhavyam lekunda parimitamai untundi tanaku taane it is a world in itself without having any relationship with anything whatsoever ಈ ಸ್ವಪ್ನಾವಸ್ಥ ಎಂದು ಸಮಸ್ತವನ್ನು ತಾನೇ ಕಲ್ಪಿಸಿಕೊಂಡುಂಡಿ ಇನ್ ದಿ ಡ್ರೀಮ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಕ್ರಿಯೇಟ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಇಟ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಬಿಕಮ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಮೆನಿ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸಸ್ ರೂಪಮು ಕಾನೇ ರೂಪಮನು ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ವಿಥೌಟ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ವಿನಿಕಿಡಿ ಗಾನಿ ವಿನಿಕಿಡಿನಿ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಎ ಹಿಯರಿಂಗ್ ವಿಥೌಟ್ ಹಿಯರಿಂಗ್ ರುಚಿ ಕಾನಿ ರುಚಿನಿ ಕೂಡ ತಾನೇ ಸೃಷ್ಟಿಸಿಕೊಂಡುಂಡಿ it creates also a taste without being any taste there kaani ee srutti antai kudanu tanaku taane parimitamai untundi but this entire creation is restricted to that individual's experience alone ee swapnamanandu 10 mandi oka room lo pavadinchinappatikini evari kalalu varivi evari anubhuti varide evari karma varide in this dream state even when there are 10 peoples living or sleeping in the same room each one's dream is different from the others each one's experience is very unique and restricted to himself ee sapramanaku jagrataku emaatramu kuda sambandham undadu there is no relationship whatsoever to this dream state and the waking state so that was the first clip in that discourse and just for the record those three verses which swami uh, quoted in that part of that discourse are from the work of adi shankara which is called atma bodha the atma bodha bhashya which is supposed to be in work inspired by the upanishads not exactly a commentary on any particular upanishad i think that's what if, if i'm not wrong yes and uh, interesting first part where swami is speaking about the dream nature or the fact that whatever you see and whatever you're living through is actually a dream like creation which is not true in its existence so swami is again taking us on a journey within to find out who we truly are and uh, he begins by actually looking at our experience of the world itself both in the dream state and in the waking state and he says that uh, 
you know everything appears so real our likes our dislikes you know our experience of joy sorrow all these are so real till the truth actually dawns on us uh, just as you were mentioning shankaracharya i just uh, remembered that in the brahma sutras he gives a very apt description for this it's mm-hmm. called uh, superimposition he uses the word adhyasa okay and he says when we mistake in the dim light we mistake what is a rope for a snake you know it creates fear within us right so th- he calls this the swarupa adhyasa that is we mistake you know we superimpose our image of a snake on what is a rope right an inert rope we imagine a snake over there and not only do we imagine a snake we also imagine i mean that creates fear within us right right so all this entire experience is so so real for us that, that there is a snake and that is attacking us and we feel the fear till such time somebody you know puts on the light then we notice that it is nothing more than a rope that is precisely what swami is saying that till the dawn of wisdom till we actually have that uh, illumination till then we mistake this this li- life or what experience of life is something very real very true you know that very uh, analogy of that rope and uh, rope in darkness which appears like the snake mm. it's a very popular analogy in vedanta and it has a very deep meaning especially when you're talking of swami saying that whatever you see whatever you feel whatever you hear is all unreal if you look at that very experience as you said you know it is not there there is no snake there you believe that it is there yeah. and that thought itself if you really look at even the physiological change it causes in you, you know, your blood pressure goes up the adrenaline starts secreting yeah there is something which is perceptible happening from something which does not exist at all yes from an unreality there is so much of real uh, at least what appears to be real uh, is happening so that's what swami is saying here that you know if the basis itself is removed however real the emotions which arise come yes. however real that like and dislike appears however real pain appears since it's based on something which is not existent everything mm. is unreal uh, and in fact you know just to add there's an example which he gives which may not be so well known so he, over here uh, prem when you were talking about the rope and the snake the snake is non existent right now he gives another example he says just look at a crystal mm-hmm. which is you know next to a red flower and he says the crystal is pure white but because you see the uh, reflection of the red flower in the crystal you begin to imagine the crystal itself is colored red right so he says there is both the crystal and the uh, flower are both real but what you superimpose now is the color of red on the pure white uh, crystal so he he calls this another uh, form of adhyasa yet another uh, superimposition that you do so in the previous example there was no uh, snake and he created a snake and here there is a crystal but now we are Im- superimposing a property upon that you know like right i think another common example which is usually given in optics hmm. is when you have an object i mean whenever we see a color yeah uh, the physics behind it is it absorbs all the other spectrums from white light and hmm. reflects what is the color of the object yes. right that's what we see it as so to see an object in its true color you have to give it white light Hmm. If you give it a colored light to reflect then what it reflects will be just part of its real nature yes. the real color in what situation you're seeing it with what uh, perspective you're seeing it actually changes what even you see because we often say that what you see is the reality yeah. you know go by what you see go by what you witness but even that can be skewed based on the environment in which you're seeing it yeah very much like if you go to a car showroom just by changing the light we could be looking at the same car prem and i we could be looking at the same car 
and prem will say it is blue and i come a few minutes later they change the lighting and i'll insist it is green and <clears throat> all the time it could be a whole different color right. and i think uh, many uh, many would have experienced it especially when they go for shopping and you know buy clothes many times the clothes look so beautiful and exciting when it's in the shop when you get it home you wonder how did i end up picking up yeah, this yeah it's all in the lighting <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure in this discourse as we go through we will come across many such analogies which are classic analogies from the vedanta yes which actually bring out very profound messages and uh, i think it's not without reason why scholars who came much later also refer to these very analogies and try to uh, convey the same message yes just to look at it very practically where you know where we see two where there is one that that is you know ultimately right. uh, the duality that we impose on what what is, what is non-existent right and just notice that the moment i create two like we also create this feeling of called fear and it it need not be you know the intense uh, feeling of fear but in reality you know we are always fearful about the people around us we are fearful what they think of us we are always concerned with you know what could they do to us what are they saying about us in the moment i do that i also become the effect of that feeling like just as you said that the moment fear is created i mean you look at the snake and there's fear created it also creates physiological changes within us and just the same way if i am afraid of another person of what he would say what he would do and that again has an effect on me i begin to react to something that i myself have created exactly i think this is a everyday situation which we all go through Absolutely. you know when your approach and the way you interact with the person is so colored by your opinion of that person yes it's something which we see day to day you know it's a direct application of how the superimposition happens in our day to day behavior yeah you know i i recall you know i had this trouble uh, about a few weeks ago that i was giving a talk in a particular samiti and in a sai center and right. i started you know doubting myself because i was looking at the reaction of the people in front of me whether you know i, I was actually boring them or was i saying something that was really useful till at some point of time i realized that you know the poor people sitting over there they're just listening to what i am saying and i have really no idea what is passing through their mind except the ones i have created like that they are bored etc and the moment that came to me that i am even beginning to react to that that was you know such a liberating feeling <laughs> that you know the moment you are free of that now you can actually concentrate on the job on hand and that is conveying swami's message so right. yeah so many a time we actually get sucked in by you know what we ourselves have created like even in our interactions with people we completely superimpose our image on them like our boss is a very you know unreasonable person and then we go and talk to him imagining that he is going to be unreasonable and right that's a self fulfilling prophecy in no no time you know very true i think especially uh, in some of these in the art of face reading the art of uh, body language yeah it sometimes can be so misleading Absolutely. you know you yeah. you end up creating uh, notions much before you actually get down to talking to that person or you know having a interaction with that person and sometimes as you said it's such a liberating feeling when you realize that you were wrong and you know the fact that you were trying to force your opinions on that person exactly even without indulging verbally yes uh, swami actually begins to examine our experience in very great detail so he looks at this you know he says the human body that is composed of the five basic elements now over here just a small aside you know when so swami says prithvi apa 
Agni, Vayu and Akasha. So these are the five basic elements of the universe that we see around us. I was just reading the Chandogya Upanishad that comes in the Samaveda. They give a very fascinating uh, description of literally how the universe uh, began and I could see some parallels with uh, cosmology. Mm-hmm. First, there is absolutely nothing as the Nasadiya Suktam says. You know, right. uh, both, there is neither being nor non-being. Mm-hmm. Complete void, so to speak. And in that void, first ar- arises the Akasha. So, this is just, you know, the field like where things can arise. Space. It's just space. <laughs> you know completely uh, notional but there is space it's available for something to manifest and the first thing to manifest is like vayu so vayu is like you know very diffuse gas it's just it's the like individual literally individual molecules and the next stage is agni so you see the the stuff of stars you know it begins all the planets the stars they all begin with aggregated clusters of right. such gas and which are heated up right right so that that is the next stage called agni and then apa now you see that you know as these molecules they come closer and closer they create this uh, the liquid phase and then prithvi that is a solid phase and of course swami he cautions over here that this what we see if any particular body is not uniquely prithvi or apa or agni or vayu is through the process of panchikritam he says that each object it exhibits like it manifests various degrees of uh, prithvi apa uh, vayu and akasha so that 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 was a very uh, fascinating uh, read you know that like for me i could clearly see that uh, mapping to <laughs> cosmology very beautiful in fact because uh, as we said the, we were part of that discourse which is uh, completely on that how creation happens with these three gunas and how guna, the permutations yeah. combinations which lead to uh interestingly the subtle five elements and the gross five elements yes i think I, at least i was not aware of uh such categorization there was some intense arithmetic out there <laughs> right and uh, very clearly swami says that how you know within the dream the appearance of that reality because swami first of all he says that everything that you see is all uh the dream but within that swami is saying that there is some kind of logic even in that dream when he's talking about how creation came about hmm. when he says that duality itself is unreal Swami is also explaining that how there is a logic even in what you see as duality. Hmm. Maybe that is what carries you away. Yes. From the fact that it's it's unreal. And yeah, he uses this as an access to like getting to you know there is a little bit of a paradox out here which which will come in the uh, I mean in the emerging uh, points as we cover. Uh, it brings to mind you know the there is this text called the Ashtavakra Samhita and it. there is the way it begins is this like mm-hmm. uh, it's described so the ashtavakra samhita it starts with king janaka he has a weird experience uh, that one day he is he is in his palace mm-hmm. it's the afternoon and he is resting on his uh, king you know the bed at some point of time he goes into a reverie he starts seeing a dream right and in that dream he is still the king mm-hmm. but what happens is he goes and uh, he is out there fighting a battle Okay. And before long he's lost the battle and then he's beginning to run for his life. He's completely bereft of his armor and his weapons, everything. He's just a plain man and he's running and he runs into a forest. Mhm. In the forest there's a clearing where he encounters an old lady. And the old lady does not recognize him to be the king. The king. And she says, "You wait outside there. I'm not letting you inside my house. I'll out of compassion I'm going to give you some dal, some lentils for you to cook and you know so that you don't starve." 
and she gives him the lentils and he begins the process of cooking when he's through with cooking just at that moment two wild boar uh in the jungle they're fighting and they come screaming and as they <laughs> rush past they have upset his uh, vessel okay. and the lentils are all there on the ground and his dinner is totally destroyed and it is at that moment you know of total despair when he sees that uh, he has no more food at that moment he wakes, he wakes up. up okay and as the story goes when he wakes up uh, swami used to say this in telugu idi nijama adi nijama he started thinking which one of these dreams is true in one dream like now as i wake up i have i am the king all the courtiers are there around me but in that dream i was nobody now which one is true and uh, as the st- uh, as it goes on uh, he then asks all the courtiers this question all the intellectuals he has in his kingdom he asks this question and whoever could not answer he used to throw them into the dungeons because he was so after the truth and that is when ashtavakra you know ashtavakra means he was bent in eight places his body was yeah. so deformed and such a person he walks into the court and then begins the the conversation that he has with uh, king janaka right and just the same you know swami is also using the fact that th- there is something some essence that is common to both the dreams that we have when right. we are asleep as well as the experiences that we have when we are awake so so to speak Exactly. and swami will use that as the access to the truth right i think in one of the discourses swami says that you know that which has a beginning and that which has an end actually has no middle to hmm. he says that only that is real which does not have a beginning and end and an end yeah. and swami says you realize it when you are in the waking state when you see a dream the very fact that you can wake up from the dream in real time you know in our human time we wake up from a dream in maybe an hour or few minutes the very idea that you can go into a dream and come out of it makes mm. you feel that it's unreal right yeah so swami says exactly like that you are coming into this waking state and going out of this waking state mm. so isn't this waking state a dream of something which is larger than you exactly so and are you looking at that and are you inquiring into that yeah and also we should remember something else that swami used to say he used to say that uh, sleep is like a short death right and so we must begin to understand that the dream that we see when we sleep of course it it terminates uh, so quickly which is then you know the, uh, a different kind of experience succeeds that but swami reminds us that the same thing happens even with death so after death then we have another set of uh, experiences when we begin to see that all that happened till then was a different dream altogether right which in is fact, then succeeded by another dream right. in fact you know swami says that hmm. as you said uh, sleep is like the you know a sample of death and swami would say death is like the sample of that pralaya which happens oh okay. when vishnu <laughs> is awake you know creation happens and there is a dissolution which happens at the end of it hmm. so swami would say actually sleep is a sample of that cosmic drama coming into existence and then dissolving into itself right so i mean you are actually experiencing what you know every time when vishnu they say that vishnu maya right yeah all the world which you see is a dream of you know mahavishnu the, yeah, so when mahavishnu. he wakes up the the dream vanishes and he says that is exactly the the experience you go through when you wake up from a sleep or when you wake up from a dream and then some here interestingly goes on to describe certain aspects of dream you know when you sit in when you're in the middle of a dream certain aspects of that which can be taken into this understanding of who you really are in this illusion of duality because i'm saying what are the characteristics yeah you know if 10 people are sleeping in the same room you cannot have a common dream <laughs> each yeah. one has its each own each one has its own, own dream, dream. Yeah. 
I'm sure Swami is going to derive some beautiful lessons from these observations in that. And uh, I, I was quite interested in the way Swami said, uh, speaking about the body, he said it is paripurna jadam. Mm. <laughs> you know, he did not say it is jadam or he did not say it's just merely unreal. He said he uses the word paripurna jadam. It's yes. like there is not even a speck of it which is which is life, which is not inert. It is completely, you know, every particle of it is inert. I remember a small poem of Kabir where he he likens the body to be like a, you know like a like a lung. Mm-hmm. He says like it's almost like a lung, and it uh, only because of the man that breathes that lung appears to expand and contract. Otherwise, it's a completely lifeless piece of leather out there. <laughs> you know, it's very true. And then of course, uh, Swami begins to uh, begins with that statement that there is no relationship between the dream and the waking state. Yes. There is no, I mean, there is nothing that you carry from the waking state to the dream state and uh, it is foolish to carry anything from the dream state to the waking state. <laughs> so, we'll, uh, shall we go to the next clip in that discourse? We'll see what Swami has yes. to say. Yes, yeah. One person may dream that his friend is giving him a lot of trouble. తెల్లవారి లేచి మిత్రుని కూడి ఓ మిత్రమా నన్నెందుకు నీవింత బాధ పెడితివి రాత్రి అని ప్రశ్నించినప్పుడు మరే పిచ్చివాడా నేను నిన్ను చూడనేలేదే అని తాను జవాబు చెప్తాడు ద నెక్స్ట్ డే వెన్ హీ మీట్స్ ది ఫ్రెండ్ అండ్ క్వశ్చన్స్ హిమ్ వై డిడ్ యూ గివ్ మీ సో మచ్ ఆఫ్ ట్రబుల్ మిత్రుని తానే సృష్టించుకున్నాడు Oh madman atani badhalanu taane srishtinchukunnadu that means that he has created friend in the dream sarvanubhutulu kuda nu taane srishtinchukunnadu he has created all the experiences for himself kanuka swapnavasthayendu jarige twenty yokka samastha anubhutulu kuda nu tanaku taane parimitamu kaani evvarikona parimitam vyaptiya yundavu in this way the experiences of a person in the dream are restricted to himself they are not a reality in the real world at all sukha dukkamu anubhavinchunadi ee swapna avasthaye the experience of joy or sorrow is in this dream state karmanugunjanga punarjanmamu dharinchunadi ee swapna avasthaye in the dream state he may also get a rebirth anaga sukshma sharirame and that is the subtle body indulo manasu pradhanamainadi in this state mind plays a very important role ee manasse sarvamunu kudanu srutimpa chestunnadi mind creates the entire world in the dream state manomoolam midam jagatte prapanchamantai kudanu manomayam tone kudi untunnadi the entire world is full of the mind it is the mind which creates manasu okkate ayinappatikini taanu chese itunti vividha karmalanu puraskarinchukoni deeniki vividha perulu kudanu kalugutu vachayi mind has been given different names on the basis of the functions which it performs sankalpa vikalpamunu cheyatam cheta deeniki manasu ani peru it gets the name manas on account of the thought processes which it gets nitya nitya vishaya parisilana cheyatam cheta deeniki buddhi ani peru 
mind is also called intellect when it discriminates nirantaramu chintichadam cheta deeniki chittamu ani maroka peru as it goes on remembering things it is also called chitta దేహంతో తాధాత్మ భావములు పొందినప్పుడు దీనికి అహంకారము అని పేరు వెన్ మైండ్ ఐడెంటిఫైస్ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ విత్ ఫిజికల్ బాడీ ఇట్ ఇస్ కాల్డ్ ఈగో మనసు బుద్ధి చిత్తము అహంకారము ఇది మనసు యొక్క పర్యాయ పదములే ది ఫోర్ వర్డ్స్ మైండ్ చిత్త ఇంటలెక్ట్ అండ్ ఈగో ఆర్ ఓన్లీ ఫోర్ నేమ్స్ ఫర్ ది సేమ్ మైండ్ ఈ నాలుగింటి యొక్క సన్మిత సంబంధమైనటువంటి స్వరూపమే అంతఃకరణ అంతఃకరణ ఈజ్ putting together of all these four kanuka jagra swapramulu reddu kudanu kevalamu manasika kalpitamu le the waking state as well as the dream state or the creations of the mind moodavadi susupti the third one is susupti susupti anaga su anaga manchi su stands for yukti anaga oka nidra Shushupti therefore stands for Manchi Nidra Good sleep, sound sleep Aite Indulo Manasu Ledu In this state there is no mind Manasu Leka Pautan Cheta Prapancham Kudanu Ledu As there is no mind there is no world also Prapancham Leka Pautan Cheta Sukhatakkumilu Kudanu Ledu As there is no world man does not have joy or sorrow also మనస్సు ఉండినంత వరకే ఈ ప్రపంచం ది వరల్డ్ ఎగ్జిస్ట్ యాజ్ లాంగ్ యాజ్ మైండ్ లాస్ట్ ప్రపంచం మనతో చుట్టుకున్నంత వరకే ఈ సుఖదుఖములు యాజ్ లాంగ్ యాజ్ యూ ఆర్ కన్సర్న్ విత్ ద వరల్డ్ యూ హ్ గాట్ సారో సుఖదుఖములకు ప్రపంచమే మూల కారణము దేర్ ఫోర్ ఫర్ జాయ్ ఆర్ సారో ఇట్ ఇస్ ది వరల్డ్ విచ్ ఇస్ ప్రపంచమునకు మనస్సే కారణము ఫర్ ది వరల్డ్ ఇట్ ఇస్ ది మైండ్ విచ్ ఇస్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ కనుకనే మన ఏ మనుష్యానాం కారణం బంధమోచ్చేయో అని సమస్త బంధములకు సమస్త స్వాతంత్రములకు ఈ మనస్సే మూల కారణం దిస్ కాంటెక్స్ట్ ఇట్ ఈస్ సెట్ మైండ్ ఇస్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫార్ ద బాండేజ్ యాజ్ వెల్ యాజ్ ద ఫ్రీడమ్ ఆర్ లిబరేషన్ అయితే ఈ అన్నింటికి అతీతమైనటువంటి యొక్క స్థితియే ఆత్మస్థితి బట్ దెర్ ఈస్ వన్ మోర్ స్టేట్ ట్రాన్సెండెంటల్ స్టేట్ ఆఫ్ ఆత్మిక్ స్టేట్ మానవుడు ఈ జాగ్రత్త స్వప్న సుషుప్తి శరీరముల యొక్క తాధాత్మ్యము పొందటం చేతనే ఆత్మను మర్చిపోతున్నాడు మ్యాన్ ఈస్ ఫర్గెటింగ్ ఆత్మ బికాస్ హీ ఐడెంటిఫైస్ హిమ్సెల్ఫ్ విత్ ద వేకింగ్ స్టేట్ డ్రీమ్ స్టేట్ అండ్ డీప్ సీప్ స్టేట్ అయితే అన్ని అనుభూతులకు కూడాను ఆత్మనే ఆధారం బట్ ఫర్ ఆల్ ది ఎక్స్పీరియన్సెస్ ద బేసిస్ ఈజ్ ఆత్మ మృత్పిండమేకం బహుభాండూపం సువర్ణమేకం బహుభూషణాని గోచీరమేకం బహుదేనుభూతి ఏకం పరాత్మం బహుదేహవర్తి మృత్పిండమేకం బహుపాండూపం మట్టి ఒక్కటే అయినప్పటికీ దీనిచే కల్పింపబడినటువంటి ఆకారములు 
అనేకముగా ఉంటున్నాయి మట్ ఈజ్ వన్ బట్ పార్ట్స్ క్రియేటెడ్ అవుట్ ఆఫ్ మట్ ఆర్ డిఫరెంట్ ఇన్ ఫార్మ్స్ అండ్ నేమ్ ఆభరణములు అనేకమైనప్పటికీ ఇందులో సువర్ణము ఒక్కటిగానే ఉంటున్నాయి దెర్ ఈస్ ఓన్లీ వన్ గోల్డ్ బట్ జ్యువెలరీ మే బి డిఫరెంట్ అదే విధముగానే ఆకారములు వేరువేరైనప్పటికీ ఆత్మతత్వం ఒక్కటే ఇన్ ద సేమ్ వే ఫార్మ్స్ ఆర్ డిఫరెంట్ బట్ ద ప్రిన్సిపుల్ ఆఫ్ ఆత్మ ఈజ్ వన్ ఇట్టి ఆధారభూతమైనటువంటి యొక్క ఆత్మతత్వాన్ని విస్మరించి శారీర ఇంద్రియ మనోబుద్ధుల యొక్క స్వభావంనే మానవుడు అనుసరించటం చేతనే అజ్ఞానమునకు గురి అవుతున్నాడు మ్యాన్ ఈజ్ ఫిల్డ్ విత్ ఇగ్నోరెన్స్ బికాస్ he is following the physical body and its limbs forgetting atma which is the basis of everything samudramanandu asankhyakamulaina alalu chalarevichunnai there will be innumerable waves in a ocean oka ala undinattuga maroka ala manaku kanipinchadu there would not be any similarity between any two waves alalu veru veruga manaku gocharistayi waves appear differently to us kaani anni alali endukudanu jalamu okkate anetuvanti satyanni mana vismaristunnam but we are giving up the truth that water in all these waves is the same manava swarupamulu anantamainatuvanti oka roopamuluga kanipistuntayi you come across innumerable forms of the human beings idi satchidananda sagaramunandu aavirbhavinchetunti alalu maatrame all these human beings are waves in the ocean of satchidananda ee roopa naamamulu veru veruga manaku kanipinchavachunu kaani annintikini aadharamu aatmane names and forms appear to be different but the basis of aatma is one and the same kaani there was a second clip of course sir. Swami was in the middle of saying something. We'll have to wait till the next week to get there. Swami spoke about the dream state. Then, uh, as we said, Swami was describing certain aspects of dreaming. Where one, he said that what is there in the dream state is not related to the waking state. The other is, the dream is self-created. And, uh, I mean, there is no uh, relation to what one's dream has to the other's. that is what swami says and uh, then swami goes on to talk about the sukshma sharira or the subtle body and uh, which is quite interesting because that is where the aspect of the antakarnas or the mind come in come in yes actually the previous segment we uh, ended with uh, swami speaking about how when we have 10 people sleeping in the same room mm-hmm. like each person's dream is so unique to himself right and uh, this brought to mind you know some uh, a question that somebody posed to me a few days back and they said like what is reality mm-hmm. and just as as is trying to reply to you know what is reality i realize the problem is with the word is because if there are 7 billion people on this planet there are absolutely 7 billion versions of uh, reality because we we see you know whatever happens we see it through the filter of our experiences what whatever we are and we as uh, shankaracharya said we tend to superimpose our properties onto what we see and then we call that as reality and as we begin to wonder like uh, what is the relationship between these 10 people who are seeing like entirely different dreams and how do we connect them to this oneness 
and then swami actually at the end of the segment he gives a reply and he says that this is so much like waves that appear in the ocean so each wave as it you know rises you can see it it has a very complex behavior like it rises and then there are some small little turbulence that you see and then it is a whole performance out there if you can right. watch it in slow motion but ultimately it settles down back into the ocean into its essence and that is how like although you may be showing each of us is seeing an entirely different dream altogether we are all connected because we are all arising from that same ocean and swami try, uh, calls this ocean being awareness bliss sachit ananda and if you look at it you know suppose uh, two people are standing at in a boat and seeing the waves hmm. and let's say that one person is trying to describe one particular wave you know it is to say that you know do you see that bigger wave which is behind this you know smaller pool of uh, a whirlpool or something like that yeah. you know it is only to point out and to kind of explain to the other person hmm. in that sense if you see swami saying that all waves are different only for a minuscule you know point of point time point of time yeah and it is called a wave only to differentiate it from the ocean you know if you were to show somebody you know look at that ocean yeah. look at this part of the ocean look at that part of the ocean it's almost like to for the ease of understanding and for the ease of explanation it, it is that division which is given and that's what swami is saying here that you know though you appear like different people though duality is the most obvious thing that we see it is only for you know the practical purposes of going through this dream that you see the difference and then swami identifies over here you know what is the main cause uh, the culprit so to speak right. he has just caught him red handed and that is the mind he says that whatever dream that uh, we are witnessing and that is entirely created where in the mind and this brought to you know memory something that uh, i had read a few days back mm-hmm. uh, this is a saying of a, a master and he said think of yourself as the point of a pencil mm-hmm. by mere contact with you the mind draws its picture of the world whereas you are single and simple you are merely a pencil point and the picture is so complex and extensive and he says do not be misled by the picture so we tend to look at the picture that that emerges and we forget who we are and he says remain aware of that tiny point and how because it is everywhere in that picture like that that pencil the small little pencil right. point has drawn that entire picture and he says that it is because the mind came in contact with you that all this became possible right and in fact even as you were saying about that question somebody asked you what is reality and you know when you look at it when a question comes you know you might ask the question what is reality mm. or somebody might ask i might ask when we ask that question the kind of emotions and the experience which back that question yeah is completely different Absolutely. and that is why making uh, giving a answer for that becomes so difficult and reminded of a quote which i read some time back you know it, it says uh, a wise man can answer your questions but it takes a master to answer you <laughs> you know yeah. because that's what when swami w- would give answers to us if we were to ask questions swami would give answers which absolutely and directly pertain to us, us yeah not a general answer which is which could be written in a book and that's why many times i think it takes time till you would have read a discourse of swami sometime back but when you read it 5 years later you find answers which you didn't find it 5 years back yes anything that swami says it, it we have to marinate in that right. for some time like test it against our daily experience and only then can we understand you know from time to time our perceptions our understanding of it completely changes 
right and uh, in a sense we also had a view of why this discourse is more like a summary of the 1990 samuko series because in the previous paragraph swami spoke about how the various elements come to form yeah. the body and then swami speaks about the four aspects of the mind which of course we had a complete discourse in that 1990 series mm. where swami spoke in fact not one discourse swami spoke of one discourse about these four aspects and then dedicated each discourse for each of these there was one on buddhi one on ahankara one on the you know the other aspects of the mind chitta and the rest so that is what swami says and the beautiful thing is the way swami explained the state of shushupti of deep sleep yeah. because as we as we said that in human experience you have the waking state the sleep the dream state and the state when there is deep sleep i think most of us go through it and uh, in that discourse when swami earlier discourse where swami mentioned this swami said all your energy you draw from that deep sleep right you know in a day when you sleep for 6 to 7 hours in that 6 to 7 hours there is only a limited period where you get that deep sleep hmm. where you have absolutely thoughtless dreamless sleep and swami says that is what energizes your day and that itself in a in a sense you know gives you that idea that the maximum you're able to silence that mind or keep your real self away from the mind that's what can give you that energy and that's what you know, rejuvenates you rejuvenates you yeah. that we speak no and we come out of we had a completely dreamless sleep and that's when we feel completely re-energized right right just to uh, give a little bit of background as we were talking about these various uh, stages of sleep itself mm-hmm. uh, in the upanishads they say that uh, they, they kind of distinguish between what happens at these various uh, stages of sleep okay when we have the stage of sleep as we call uh, rem uh, rapid eye movement at that stage mm-hmm. they say that the mind has of course withdrawn the mm-hmm. senses then what is it that you know why is it that we continue to see the dream and uh, the upanishads they clarify that, that this is because of the the vayu the various uh, forms of uh, vayu prana apana vyana udana samana and they say these are still circulating and that is what really uh, still keeps you you as in the mind is still awake and it is able to uh, create an entire world even when you are still asleep Mm-hmm. and then finally this mind is also finally withdrawn the vayus also so to speak they calm down mm-hmm. and then the mind itself is withdrawn and then it rests in the self and that is when we experience that deep sleep and that's why we we have that experience of complete rejuvenation mm-hmm. because we are now come we had been very briefly into that uh, state of sushupti where we are identical with the uh, consciousness okay and uh, again the upanishads clarify you know some some will have this idea this okay having gone back there why did we you know again come back into this uh, the waking dream and they the upanishads again clarify that even at that stage the identity is still latent mm-hmm. that uh, the entire apparatus of who we are the body and right, the mind right. you know the entire apparatus is still lying latent Mm-hmm. and waiting to be expressed after the uh, sleep is through you know just as you were saying about uh, what does the mind do after it withdraws the senses especially in that sleep state a beautiful quote by rabindranath tagore mm. you know he says i've just got it here he says in the drowsy dark cave of the mind dreams build their nest with fragments dropped from the day's caravan mm-hmm. yeah true. you know the input yes. is stopped yes. taking in fresh input is stopped but whatever has been drawn till the till that point in the day starts getting processed by the mind yeah the experiences of you right. know the past few days somehow they get mishmashed and we right, get what right. is called this uh, dream right and uh, of course then swami as you as we spoke about that 
the wave analogy mm. again this is the second na- analogy in that thing and this is also something which is quite often uh, quoted in vedanta mm. many places this the waves and the ocean and the ocean being sachidananda that's a very common analogy yeah and uh, you know i was just uh, thinking you know through this discourse as to why is swami all the time he is engaged in us having engaged in this uh, enquiry called who we are who we are truly mm-hmm. at all points of time we are so obsessed with the world you know like the activities that we do our day to day routines whatever goals we've got we got to achieve this and that and swami is always trying to divert our mind away from all this these are anyway happening but there is something beyond and to me this uh, the story in the mahabharata that for, that's comes very strongly to mind this is right at the end of the mahabharata mm-hmm. so war is ended and uh, krishna and arjuna in their chariot they now traveled back to their camp and uh, at that point of time like krishna says to arjuna arjuna you get off mm-hmm. and uh, arjuna having been victorious in the war that uh, ego is now so strong that pride is so strong he forgets who krishna is and he says you are the charioteer and you are supposed to get off first and help me down mm-hmm. krishna again tells him no and again uh, arjuna repeats no first you get off and then krishna suddenly is very stern and he commands him very strongly to get off the uh, chariot and that brings arjuna back back to his senses he jumps off and then when krishna gets off the chariot the chariot blows up in flames right and then krishna he gives the entire explanation he says all this time you were so engrossed in the war that you never noticed all those arrows that were coming to sting you mm-hmm. and do you know who is the one that completely absorbed all these arrows into himself it was i this is the reason we entirely so engrossed with whatever we are doing we forget our true nature and that is our divinity and we always forget that whatever happens is happening through the grace of this particular uh, of this divinity right this story seeks to remind us of that and that is why swami is always bringing us back to divinity like no matter what uh, happens in the real world in the world around us but he's bringing us back to our true nature right and i think there are many ways in which swami did it and one of the most the strongest ways of course swami used and most of the masters used was yeah. that of devotion yeah you know when you have somebody who's an embodiment of purity yes if we could get into the habit of having that complete obedience that itself is a, in a process of overriding the mind you know where you you kind of overrule the vagaries of the mind and you're you're trying to surrender to the you know the the will of somebody who is uh, who's completely pure that is followed with the learning that that master is none other than your own self and that is when the journey you know becomes from that of devotion to advaita Yes. which is so instantaneous and quite effortless in that sense so that your listeners will bring us to the end of this program thank you hari for being with us thank you prem for the opportunity we hope to continue this discourse next week dear listeners as we said we'll conclude shravanam mananam nitidhyasanam as a program with this discourse we hope you will join us next week too please do stay with us till we meet you next week this is prem from team radio sai and on behalf of hari offering this humble segment of ours at Swami's Lotus Feet. Sairam 
you just heard an episode of a radio series shravanam mananam nidityasanam that is listen reflect and absorb this is a part of radio sai's thursday live broadcast every thursday at 7:30 pm only on asia stream of radio sai global harmony today's episode was first broadcast live on 25th september 2014 The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian culture and spirituality in the year 1990. Please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener@radiosai.org. Thank you and a loving sairam from Prashanthi Nilayam.